You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Hey, we're back on Money Talk. You can get us on iTunes. You can get us on Spotify. You can sign up for our brand new Facebook page. Uh, go to Facebook and search Money Talk, but you have to include the RTHK and look for the red and gold. And today, uh, you'll be able to get a link there, I'm sure, to our segment in your money today, where Carolyn Wright takes a look at the rise of co-living spaces, investigating why you might want to live in one and how to invest in them. Good morning, Carolyn. Good morning. Today, we're going to discuss a very specific area of the property market, co-living spaces. Now, you might think the pandemic could have put people off the idea, but it seems not. Let's get the lowdown with Claire Cormier-Tielka, head of Greater China at Heinz. Hi, Claire. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Carolyn. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, you very recently opened officially Dash on Pratt, which is a co-living space in Chimsha Choi. So you're an expert. Tell us a little bit about that first so we can understand more about them. It's 158 rooms of modern technology driven co-living. And we think it addresses an important need in the housing market here in Hong Kong. But no, it's namely a, a need for collaboration and a need for true community. You know, here in Hong Kong, it takes your average young white collar worker about 20 years of salary to buy an apartment. But there hasn't been this tradition of institutional multifamily. And so within Dash on Pratt, you have your, your own room, but you also have access to real community driven space to, to meet your fellow dwellers in the apartments nearby. Um, this is highly programmed space with activities for you know, learning, socializing, uh, games to bring people together and uh, even broad space for folks to cook and share their meals together. So we think it's addressing uh, just a need to, to, to really attack one of the, the pandemics that we don't talk about, which is loneliness. So I'm really interested about this because you mentioned a few of the details there about shared activities and things like that. Kind of how much space do people get for themselves and what are the facilities that they share and what are the facilities that they have private? And does that vary dependent on the living space design itself? So your room is designed to be very efficient. Um, so working desks, your own wardrobe, your own bathroom. Uh, but we really focused on human-centric design. So, for example, desks that are extendable or socket rails that are on top of top of the bed, really designed to be the way that people live today. Um, and then within that, your room is also quite technology-driven. And so um, your access to the lift or to your individual room or um, for uh, – communication around your space or, or with the landlord um, are driven through your phone. Uh, but that app is also used for things that are driven around the, the community. Um, and then down in the common area, so there's a, a gym space, so an area to exercise. There are different areas to, to eat or to work with the concierge to order your meals. A large TV and, and a gaming section, uh, as well as areas that we stock with with things like board games or get to know you activities. 
common laundry uh, with, uh, with, with tools available to be able to wash your clothes, and then a broad common shared kitchen area, lots of burners and areas to bake, explore, and a, and a community table. And so when you go down, down there um, throughout the day, you'll see folks meeting each other, sharing a meal. Um, there are even areas where folks share ingredients and recipes to cook together. It, it's real and true community. It's exciting to watch, Colin. So is this something that's kind of been born out of the, the massive increase we've seen over the past few years for co-working spaces and their kind of success that now people are thinking, oh, that works in, in the working environment. How, how about the living environment as well? I think it's driven by a, a focus on togetherness. Um, so certainly co-working opened people's mind uh, to the ability of taking the individual activities and then bringing them together with people who may not be their direct colleagues. Uh, but the idea of living together, sharing activities, uh, sharing meals is not new, right? That's that's as old as time. But But I think today when we look at millennials and Gen Z, you know, isolation is a real concern. While we have social media to connect us, human connection can be very hard to find. And particularly in a market like Hong Kong, where we have some of the longest average working hours in the world for recent studies by, by the Red Cross, um, it's, it's, can be difficult to, to meet new people and to build a sense of belonging. And so, um, we think spaces like this where it facilitates meeting new people and facilitates growth uh, and collaboration. That's a really great trend uh, to lead into. We don't think that's uh, unique to this this asset or even Hong Kong. We think there's opportunity for this really uh, across greater China. And you know, this asset is already 100% leased uh, before we even launched. And so, so we've seen that there's that need. So this brings me on to something very important, because obviously a lot of people listening to this show are investors. So what sort of opportunities are there for investors in the area? Because it seems like there is quite an increase in demand for these co-living space properties. Yes, we're very excited about the opportunity within the space. Um, and again, really within Hong Kong and across greater China. There are more renters, uh, we feel, in this greater China market than uh, than there are even people in Brazil, for example. We're talking a 200 million person plus market. Um, and so we see the opportunities as, uh, first, you know, Dash on Pratt is an example where that was the purchase of an existing hotel and a renovation to this type of use. Um, we think that that can also be applied to uh, commercial assets as well as those that have been for more traditional living. Our focus is on finding the best possible locations. In this example, uh, Dash on Pratt is one stop to Central and two stops to China is how we describe it. It's just three minutes walking to the metro. And so you're able to get directly to Admiralty or you can get throughout uh, throughout all of Hong Kong on Island Side or Kowloon. But you're also just adjacent to the China High Speed Rail, which creates just incredible connectivity within the Greater Bay Area. And so in an example like that, a, a resident is able to access you know, great F&B and activities directly nearby, as well as connectivity uh, for where they may work or access family or friends. So as we you know, advise our investors and we look for additional opportunities here, we look for that strength of location um, for uh, an asset that either can be renovated or sites that can be created 
that give that sort of access. And then again, creating a product that we think speaks to the market and the needs of that market. So how do the prices for renting one of these spaces compare to, say, living in a shared flat? And what are, what are the differences in returns for an investor on such properties? So when we look at the, the cost for an average user, so your options may be to rent from a single landlord and owned property. Uh, but to do that, you would need to find somebody to, to rent with you and line up on timing. And you may need to offer a very large deposit to do so. Perhaps that could be more than two months. Um, additionally, you need to furnish your apartment and think of those additional costs. Whereas in this example, in co-living, a uh, very easy process to sign up. You have flexibility over the length of your lease. So that may be just a few months, uh, or you may be ready to sign up for a year or more. It's truly accessible and it's already furnished. So you can just show up with your, your clothes and your hairbrush and toothbrush and be able to move in. It's a very important factor to, to think about in costs, especially the way that young people are living and working today. Um, and then from an investor standpoint, uh, we think that this is accessible, this, this type of use is accessible for investors across the spectrum, uh, either investors who are looking for longer term returns to hold assets like this for a long time, um, or those who look for more of a, a value add perspective versus if you're an investor in a for sale space, um, it's just, it's a very different approach. Um, again, we think there are uh, many ways to create uh, housing and, and very interesting returns for investors and importantly, product for the market across the spectrum. But that's why we found uh, that this, this area is especially exciting, again, because of the unaddressed need in the market. Now, that unaddressed need, it seems like a lot of people are interested in these spaces. But I wonder, I mentioned at the very, very beginning about how the pandemic might have kind of scared people off. You know, we had a, a lot of lockdowns. You, don't, you didn't see any kind of turn off from that or it, has it actually spurred people on, like you said, about the, the kind of isolation that many of us may have felt during that time frame? No, Carolyn, you hit it well. We felt isolation was a real driver. When we talked to residents and asked them, you know, why and what drove you to move here, um, they said they wanted to be around other people um, and to, to be able to, to meet new folks and build friendships. Um, and so you know, certainly we've all been through, through a tough time of, of isolation, um, but we do believe in, in the product type. And again, just the other conveniences of being able to be uh, in great locations and have amenities that are really right-sized for the way that folks use their spaces today um, has, has really lined up. And so um, we, we've seen really great results on, on the other side of the pandemic. Fantastic. Lovely insights from you there. That was Claire Cormier-Tilke, head of Greater China at Heinz. Thanks so much.